0: This podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and acknowledge the ongoing connection to land, waters, and culture. Colonization and genocide are still happening to this day. Sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land.
1: Hello, listeners. Hello, Daddy. Hey. Uh, welcome to Ozpol Snackers Pod. I'm Spooky Sue, Australia's foremost political chihuahua, and this is my daddy. Um, he's a rumpled homosexual, I, self-described. Yeah. Well, what? what? What's a rumpled homosexual? Well, it's kind of what you are right now. You're just wearing sort of a rumpled coat. Um, what's that, a velvet trouser? Well, I'm feeling very sort of, you know... Wind mm. I had to go to the hospital today. I tried to get a COVID test. Oh yeah, how'd that go? Well, I couldn't get it. I had to line up. You know, they were around the hospital and up to up to Melbourne Uni. You know, oh. I was in line for three hours. Oh, around the block. Wow. I, had to, I had to give up, so I could come home and teach a Zoom class. Oh, you're teaching a um a Zoom-o class. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. In this small apartment. Yeah, in this tiny apartment. Oh yeah. Well, I'd like to get in on that actually. I'd love to learn Zoomer. Yeah. Mm. I didn't know that. I mean, I've been doing it every week. Oh, well, next time you're doing it, you know, get me along. Yeah. You know, I like to keep abreast. Mm -hmm. Speaking of keeping abreast... Yeah. uh, So this podcast, Daddy, is about um, bite-sized bits of Australian news and entertainment. Oh, well, that sounds very wholesome. Isn't that great? Yeah. And why are we here? Um, I don't know. Oh. Well, you got the call, didn't you? You, you? You just came in. You woke me up. Remember, you shook me awake. Yeah. And you said, Spooky, we've got to do an intro for Oz Paul Snackers pod. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't turn down a call from Rove McManus. Rove McManus called you, yeah. did he? On behalf of, what, Zach and Noon? Yeah. Rove McManus. Rove McManus. Did you say hi to his mum for me? I did, yeah. Oh, I know you would never forgive me. Wow, well, yes yeah of course, yeah well, you're quite the political animal, you know you know a lot I've been know in a few parliament. Things. i've yes, I've been around the Parliament. I know what that uh, what they talk about in that uh near that uh water feature mm. mm-hmm. all sorts of gossip, yeah um, mm-hmm. what was the best piece of political gossip you got when you were working in parliament well, uh Alexander downer mm. that's not his real neck hair, oh, he glues it on right, yeah, that's probably the best. Bit of gossip. Yeah. Is it human hair that he's gluing on, or is it something else? Ostrich hair. Ostrich hair. Yeah. Mm, ostrich feathers, hair. I guess. Mm. Bits of feathers, yeah, that he cuts off and sticks on his neck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, yeah, so um, Zach and Noon rang you up.
2: Well, no. Th- through a, Rove McManus. Rove McManus called me up. Rove
1: McManus called you up. Yeah. And what did he say? He said, Jack, you know, as a rumpled f- I've got a job for you. You know, and I said, Can well, you say rumpled f- on the air? I just did now, didn't I? We might have to beep that. We might have to beep that. This is a wholesome podcast. Yeah. Um, it's not like our podcast. No, it's not you like know, our podcast. You can say, just wait, you know, wait 20 minutes, you can swear all you like, okay? Okay, okay. Um, anyway, so yeah, this is a podcast, it's about, like I said, Australian news and entertainment. I guess they go into all the rags, and they just get out the best bits. The Nicole Kidman, what she's doing, you know, mm. that kind of thing. She's Australian, right? Or she... Or is she like Kate Blanchett? Is she one of those international um, uh, celebrities now? She's got sort of like renounced her citizenship. I don't think she's renounced her citizenship. I think she's still out. She's still our Nicole? I think she's still our Nicole. Well, that's wonderful, isn't it? It is. Um, Anyway, I hope everyone enjoys this uh, special uh, episode. I have written down here that it is the, uh, the 100th episode. Yeah. Well, what an occasion. I know. How would you mark your 100th episode? Um, I'm not sure we'll ever get to 100 episodes. No, I don't I don't like our chances. I was hoping to drop off at 40 to 50. Mm. But if I did ever make it to 100 episodes, you know, I'd probably go down to uh, the Mediterranean Wholesalers and have one of those really strong coffees. Yeah. Mm. They really get you buzzed for the whole day. Oh, it's like dropping a deckie. Yeah. That's a once-in-a-lifetime experience mm. for a chihuahua. With someone, someone with uh, such a small body, for that amount of espresso to sort of just rip through you, um, it might be the end of me, but you know what, if I cut to 100 episodes, it'd probably be worth it. Yeah, you're probably right there, Spooky. Mm. All right, enjoy the pod, and see you in heaven. See you in heaven.
0: Well, hey everybody, uh, yeah, welcome to, uh, Snacker Pod. You've just heard the, uh, introduction there from Spooky, uh, who you may recall was, you know, one of the, uh, only Chihuahuas ever to be elected to Australia's federal parliament, and, um... Uh, yeah, she was hear... the the treasurer. The treasurer, that's right. Famous, he- famous
3: for spilling a tikka masala on the Michele chicken tikka
0: masala across. incident. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, um,
3: very generous of her and her daddy Jack to take the time out of their busy schedule, including from recording their own podcast, Spooky Speaks, yeah. to drop us uh, a very special introduction on our very special episode. New.
0: Yes, that's right. Uh, as Spooky mentioned, it is our 100th episode. I did actually have a large coffee before we started, but obviously my body's you know slightly larger than that of a chihuahua, so hopefully I'll uh, <laughs> it did, hold it, it together. It didn't rip
3: through you like it ripped through Spooky.
0: And uh, you know, also just before we get started, you know, shout outs Rove for uh, making those calls for us. Um, he has done the show a number of solids. So
3: yeah, no, I mean we would not Credit be words, where too. we are today without Rove uh, and his lovely mum so mrs mcmanus yeah um shout outs mrs m and uh and Roe v boy uh we couldn't do it without you uh but yeah it's it's 100 episodes of Ozpol Snackpod, snack pod which is an frankly absurd Thing to have happened.
0: Um, I think we also expected to peter out somewhere around forty episodes,
3: but possibly sooner. Here we yeah, we are. We started, yeah. and we just never stopped. And and the amount of work we do just gets larger and larger uh, every week. And that is, uh, I guess, how we must like it because that's what keeps happening. And no one is making us do this. And it's also true this week. <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be, uh, you know, it was like, oh yeah, let's do something easy. Fun and easy for our 100th episode, uh-huh. cut to me preparing for weeks. Um <laughs> Because what we're doing is a clip show, Um which, again, sounds like... You know, when they do a clip show on The Simpsons, that is easy for them. Because they don't need to write or animate anything new. You just play clips from old episodes. It's
0: like 14% new content, as yeah. I believe they joke in the episode. But yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah, It but there's very little new work needs to go into the show but like to select clips from 100 episodes of a podcast but that's probably like easily 100 hours of content if not more there well more yeah and then to clip them all out and put them in a fucking soundboard and blah blah you don't need look you don't need me to go on about this i'm just saying it's supposed to be low effort and it's not but it's a clip show we've got some old clips we've got some uh classic Nude and Zach clips. We got some classic interview clips. We got some potlucks. We got some musical interludes. If you're new to the podcast, this is—I can't decide if this is a terrible or an excellent place for someone to start. Yeah,
4: yeah.
0: Well, I think it might be good because you know most of our shows are quite like contemporary news-oriented, and I mm. think you know we've managed to find some relatively timeless content. So
3: hopefully, hopefully. All right, so we'll get into it, but before we do. Big shout-outs to new patron Morgan and also to April and Tilda, who upgraded their pledges to $13.12 and $6.90, respectively. Uh, If you want to support us financially, you can do so over on Patreon for as little as $1 a month, which gets you a monthly bonus episode plus other stuff. So, okay. I've got uh, about an hour's worth of clips here. I guess we'll do a little bit of chatting in between each. And I've arranged them in roughly chronological order cool. i've done a little bit of shuffling to to break things up a bit you know what no i way. mean let's jump in with our first clip here and noon you might remember for our 52nd episode which is one for year, of one us year anniversary club, yeah, yeah yeah we went back and listened to our very first episode and did commentary on That's that right. so i thought yeah, a bit redundant to play a clip from episode one uh in sure. episode 100 so instead i've got a clip here from episode two and this is uh our second ever instance of. Shit post of the Week and uh, keep an ear out for the not yet fully developed Sting. Sting.
0: <laughs> yeah, we used to re-record it each week. Uh, yeah, new would just say the...
3: shit post of the Week and then I would put some reverb on it later. Yeah. Um, we don't do that anymore. We don't do that here anymore. Uh, but yeah, here, here's, our, here's our first clip from Episode 2 elbow Rumble. Okay, now it's time for Shitpost of the Week. This week, shit Post of the Week, goes to Ozpol Shitposter, Chris Ritchie, bringing that fresh, crunchy, original content. He is contributing to the page. He's putting, he's slapping down memes. The rest of you, I don't know, you know, just take a shitty iPhone photo of the newspaper Article, post it. That's my whole job. Call that content. Yeah. Not Chris Ritchie. He's, he's, he's got the miles in. Yeah, he's absolutely he's got GIMP open or Photoshop or whatever free version that he's ripped somewhere and he's. It, it could well have been MS Paint. And if it was, <laughs> congratulations.
0: So this is the Labour Match Rules Rumble. I don't know how to talk
3: about wrestling, so I just said that. But I just wanted like to point out that um, when Noon suggested this as a shit post of the week, he uh, said, "You know that boxing post," and I was like, oh, "You mean the wrestling post?" And I don't know why it annoyed me so much. Uh, But it it just annoys... I think maybe it's possible because it literally says WrestleMania. (laughs) Like, in the name.
0: See, I don't care about either wrestling or boxing, and both of them are basically the same game to me.
3: I didn't even know where to begin with that. One of them is in The Wire, one
0: of them Stage. I know they're different. (laughs)
3: Trump was in one of them. That's an extremely... uh, Concise description of the difference between the two things. Huh. One is about people actually competitively punching each other in the head, and another one is about the drama, man. And that's why this meme is funny. Okay, <laughs> is that why it's? I found it funny anyway. All right, it's- but- well, yeah, look, it's a good meme because even though Noon had no fucking idea what it was actually about, he still found it funny yeah. and nominated it successfully for shit post of the week. Um, the labor match rules rumble. It's, uh, you know, the, it's the the rules from Wrestlemania rumble match, but it's about elbow. Um, rule number one, two elbows will start in the ring. Every two minutes, another elbow will enter. Elbows are eliminated by going over the top rope. Both feet must touch the floor to be eliminated. Winner will go on to the main event. Wrestlemania. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, yeah. Anyway, Chris, keep up the good work. Keep yeah, pumping so- out that Good OC. Yeah, and uh, let this be a lesson to all of you lurkers. <laughs> that uh, it, admins. Yeah, <laughs> and, and admins. Um, and myself, you know, I I think I've made a gif for, I don't know, going on a year now. My point being, if you make some good shit... We will we talk will, about it we will talk on about this it, podcast. And we will relentlessly describe what is funny about your meme to the point where nobody finds it funny anymore. On that note,
0: I think one of the good (laughs) things about this is how absurd it is because, in fact, there's only one elbow. I think that's really the the core of the humor.
3: I'm so sorry, Chris. (laughs) I apologize for having done this to you. (laughs) Wow.
0: Uh, Yeah, it's funny. There's a a number of through lines between then and now, including you repeatedly making fun of me for taking photos of the newspaper.
3: Um, (laughs) I mean, it's... It's always funny when you do it, and it's yeah. always funny to make fun of you for it. Yeah, uh, my
0: <laughs> new phone has a feature that like pulls text out of images, so I've been like just pasting the text, and then I'm like, "Why did I even take the photo?" But you know,
3: <laughs>
0: it's it's, it's the... my thing now.
3: You know, yeah, it's a certain je ne sais quoi. There's a there's a certain je n'en sais quoi about your mm-hmm. uh, newspaper photos. Uh, going with the theme All of right. Firsts, let's listen to our first ever potlucks. We got two uh, potlucks uh, at episode four, right? And that's right. Uh, they've got they've got quite a different flavour to mm. the potlucks we get these days.
0: Yeah, totally. It was one from Eden and one from Dan. Sully, so, yeah,
3: Sully. Yeah. Uh, so let's hear them both in quick succession because they're very very short. In the name of Friedman, Reagan, and the holy economy, amen. I am glad that Daddy won, and now we'll be able to have so much economic progress in the country. But we are still under threat but from the authoritarian left. Universities still teach Marxism. Falau's free
2: speech is under attack. Greenies still hate coal. The ABC still exists. Feminists still can't make me have a
5: girlfriend. Unions want us to become Venezuela. It's all ruining our business confidence and national cohesion. I hope the quiet Australians rise up.
3: Amen. We live
0: in a society. If you earn lots of money,
3: you should pay to keep society running. This is actually in your class interests. Couple of real fucking gold standard potlucks there. Amazing stuff. Yeah, I, I loved it. it. The, I had a mild the...
0: falling out with Aiden, so um, not a not a huge one. Aiden, if you're still <laughs> listening, drop me a line. But this was some good <laughs> shit. Drop us another potluck.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I that potluck really like it starts strong, but it it goes from strength to strength, and by the time it's like it's all ruining our business confidence. Um, I <laughs> <Yeah>. just <laughs> I'm fully on board by that point. And Sully that. What a what a lovely musical potluck! Just two very creative approaches to the potluck. Totally, mat, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, and as which you said, really very
0: brief ones, which yeah. we really appreciate.
3: Yeah. We also really appreciate. Thank you, Aiden and Sully, for being our first ever potluckers. Now let's play a little clip from our first ever interview, which was with Tom Tanakey. Hell yeah! Uh, this is from episode ten. Thank you for the yells there's been so many classic hits over the years. I uh, keep going, coming back to the RV yells, the Blair yells, yeah. the Lawrence Southern yell was the, uh, the line, all your fans are in that want to share, sm- smell your shampoo.
6: Yeah. Yeah, I, that that's my favourite yell. That's my favourite individual yell. Um, it, 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 that is what, even briefly, led to Yard being put in the mouths of the alt right the world over. It was a very funny few days that followed, and we're actually because people are very beholden to to the way that that, that some of those those um, big names in the alt right broadcast their message. They 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 really love content in which. Uh, you know, there's a hysterical social justice warrior who's yeah. triggered and he's... Uh, Fucking snowflakes. Yeah, 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 that's right. Snowflakes being snowflakes. And that's the kind of content they need. It's, it always goes viral for them. So on the face of it, we'd given them exactly that. But, you know, that was a yardie over in Adelaide. Um and she called me up at the time. She said, "I'm standing in front of Lauren Southern. She's come outside because there was no there was no big protest outside there. So her security detail had said safe to go out there and trigger lefties. So so we said, well, we'll go up and go up and act like a disappointed parent and go, you know." You're a racist dog, aren't you? You know, why are you such a racist dog? You know, disappointed? Because <laughs> you can't just go up and start yelling at someone. So you've got to build top. up to it. Yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah. just weird. You know, five of why you done? there, what are you going to do? You start screaming. That's just weird. And we were like, well, then just escalate it gradually into screaming. So this is exactly what she did. And, um, and then, you know in the, the, the resultant video that Lauren Southern shared that followed. They were all saying, oh, this is, you know, this is, you're so triggered. This, this couldn't possibly have been part of your game plan. <laughs> we're a group called Yelling at Racist Dogs and she was yelling at her that she was a racist dog. It's very simple. It's very simple and I've always loved the simplicity of it.
3: Those honeyed tones of one of Australia's foremost online anti-fascist commentators um fun behind the scenes fact for that interview uh, i went out and specifically bought a third microphone Mm. Uh, and then when tom arrived i just couldn't get it to work basically i was trying to use three usb microphones and plug them all in to my laptop and every time i plugged two USB Sorry?
0: ports, didn't it? Or it was like
3: Yeah, no, and, and I got like a splitter. Extra USB ports. <laughs> uh but it just like I do not know if it was couldn't get enough power or it was just frying the CPU mm. or something, but it just wouldn't work and so I you know, it's our first ever interview. We're both sitting there like sweating, me desperately trying to get this gear working, Tom sitting in um in in the back room of a very my, tiny uh, little yeah study office we're all kind of crammed in and eventually I, I i just gave up and it's like okay we'll use two mics and noon and i shared a mic and so we're kind of neither of us is really sitting within mic range so anytime you hear either of us speaking on that episode that's us like leaning over the other person <laughs> getting in, but like, also but <laughs> oh, <dude, laughs> you're so that's so so true tom <laughs> But also,
0: you know, we'd only just gotten our actual mics as like in episode two, it's so tinny. We were using a single yeah. recorder yeah. that we were both not leaning into. So, you know, I think it was <laughs> yeah. still
3: a step up. All right. What's our <laughs> next clip? All right. I've, we've, uh, I've got a couple more interview clips lined up here. I might Sweet. break them up with um, with another clip uh, in a bit. But let's hear uh, from our second interview, which uh, was with Elizabeth Latham. Uh, commentator, writer, Ozbolshevik poster, unionist, um, and uh, expert on conservative fuckery. Yes. So yeah. let's hear a, a, a minute or so from that interview with Elizabeth.
0: Basically, all of those like surprise measures that came in were part of this list of seventy-five policies the IPA put out during that sort of the year before that election. Um, and Tony basically like picked up every single one of them. Was like, "Yep, sure." Um yeah, I don't know. Could you maybe tell us a bit more about um, that? That, yeah.
7: Um, well, I think that, like, it's not unusual for um, co- the, the the right to get elected and then do the exact opposite to what they um, said they would do. The, I'm a child of the 80s um, or the 70s, technically. Um, and so my first election I, I voted in was the election that Howard won government in, which right. was a really depressing first election to vote in. Totally, voting. yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> um, but there was a whole thing around that where Howard talked about, when Howard started doing things that he said he wasn't going to do, that they said they weren't going to do about core and non-core promises. Right. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. Far out. Um,
0: I do remember that language under Tony, but it makes sense that it started before then.
7: Yeah. And so you had this whole thing where it became the, the, the core of the core of the core of the core because, I guess, jettisoned things and brought stuff in. So well, um, that's not unusual. There's a political cost you, you pay out of doing that. Um but I think mean, Tony represents the right of the of the of the right of the Liberal Party.
3: It was you that pulled that clip, Noon, and you said listening back to that interview with Elizabeth, where we asked her all about the IPA, you said that you, you thought there was heaps of good stuff in there.
0: Yeah, uh, she knows a bunch about it, and I really enjoyed listening back to it. And I kept like being like, "Oh, this will be a great minute clip to pull," and then listening a bit longer, and be like, "Oh, this would be a great." minute clip to pull but yeah it was just really interesting and um uh you know we uh, i just did that or we just did this bonus episode recently about um the history of the phrase responsible economic management and then listening mm. back to elizabeth talking about the history and formation of the ipa and the liberal party which is what that interview was about um i don't know it kind of like slotted into that new knowledge that i'd gotten there and yeah she's just like very knowledgeable and you know has been thinking about this stuff for you know decades uh yeah Really enjoyed it. So, listeners, I would definitely recommend going and revisiting that one.
4: Let's break
3: it up now with a, a non-interview clip. Here's a little clip from episode twenty. Uh, and the, the third thing is that there's been uh,
0: expanded bans on vaping. So, <laughs> any of you people out there blowing fat clouds,
3: if if juulin, you, blowing up those fatty ghosts, <laughs> bah, 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 bah. Uh, <laughs> we we'll got some bad we can news stop for it. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in, and. To think that this all happened because um, Donald Trump's son was caught vaping by his mum. Because <laughs> presumably we're only doing this because the states did it. Yeah. And they only did it because Baron Trump was caught, you know, blowing those big clouds. Fuck, I was trying to find another word. Ex- Different clouds. wave <sighs> uh you know that foggy mist. He, he was being that chimney boy, um, <laughs> um, and his mum caught him vaping. And then Donald Trump was like, "I got this." I think it might actually be
0: because of the like some um, health risk. Yeah, exactly. But who knows? You know. So if if I, you're I a like Vaber, my better, if you're a vapor, why don't you tweet us at OzPolSnackPod and let us know what you reckon about this increased ban?
3: I'm a vapor. I'm vape. I'm gonna vape. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, stop it. I have. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Frank Hunt will be mad. This is bad news for me. I thought you said we are doing good news <laughs> this week. I <laughs> uh,
0: I was going to ask Zach before we started recording uh mind if I vape while we record, but I thought we've had such a fucking shit show already better not risk it. Uh but
3: you know <laughs> hilarious. The um pa 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 pa, pa. Always, <laughs> that's the point in that <laughs> clip where I really like I go over the edge. But <laughs> um, it. A little, uh, little classic uh, OzPulse SnackPod gag for you there. Let's hear a little bit now from our uh, interview with Kira Janali, who uh, runs Beautiful, Talented, and Deadly.
8: Uh, yeah, so PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, it's something that affects, like, one in ten uh, people with ovaries. And, yeah, the sort of the conversation around it now is just, like, very... Like on one, it's like very cisnormative, and Mm. it's also very focused around like babies and stuff, like infertility. But it's like it affects like, like it affects like people in the daily and that sort of thing. So it's like, yeah, the conversation around it needs to be more open and less cis het focused, Mm. which it is now. Yeah.
0: And so is that what you're really trying to do in that space, sort of like queer the discourse a bit?
8: Uh, yeah. And also decolonize it. Cause like everyone focuses on, okay. Like the thing I can grow a beard, I'm an AFAB person that could grow a beard. And the thing is um, in our culture, that was sort of like, if you're a feminine person with a beard, then you're considered like wise and that sort of stuff, like in the traditional sense but now it's like considered someone sees me with a beard and they instantly like assume I'm like dirty or something like that and it's really just like we got to change the perspectives of it and get people talking about like I'm an indigenous person and where I'm from a hairy family I'm just yeah I'm a hairy person and <laughs> that's the thing yeah I
3: really like that clip um I think I mean, it's a really concise description of all these kinds of various uh, social forces that come to bear on an issue as specific as, like, you know, a medical condition. Um, And Kira touched on a few things there that I've Mm -hmm. also heard expressed by um, the hosts of Chronically Fully Sick, for example, that a lot of, like... Discourse around these medical conditions, especially, like, medical conditions that are heavily gendered, mm. kind of naturally tend to kind of, f- like, focus around the question of fertility, for example. Um, and the idea that, you know, this podcast can be a place where uh, underrepresented perspectives like that um, can be expressed i think is uh is really cool and i was really grateful mm. for, for kira for bringing that stuff and bringing that totally. um bringing that perspective that you know you or i never uh could have had personally totally
0: and i think it's just such a good uh, maybe just restating what you said but it's such a good practical and specific example of intersectionality mm, of like yeah
4: you're medical, st- what I did, but better. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, it was like medical stuff, queer stuff, uh, colonial stuff, and like all of these yeah. things kind of like come together. And is responding to all of them in their art and activism. So yeah, uh, go check out BT, uh, "Beautiful, Talented, and Deadly." It's uh, it's good memes and big things.
3: Yeah, they keep getting shut down um, mm. and having to like change account names and stuff. So I, I don't know where they're up at the, the moment. Or one, yeah, how much they're posting, but. Um, there's still plenty of alts floating around there on the internet. I'm sure we'll be able to track them down. So it was around this time in OzPol Snackpot history when we first really kind of cracked into some kind of success. No, like (laughs) the first time that we got kind of any sort of wide notice, like it's pretty early in the show's history, around episode 20, when we made uh, the... Steamed hams. steamed hams. that's right. Yeah, with um, <laughs> featuring Scott Morrison and the Australian public uh, embodied as superintendent charmers. And, uh, yeah, I-, I thought, you know, it's kind of a milestone in our history. Totally. So I it I- was also a-, a fun
0: collaboration, Zag. I really enjoyed producing the script and then seeing what you created out of it, which was just, like, the perfect realisation of my... <laughs> My yeah, I was watching it so back
3: it was... and I was like, this is pretty good. Um yeah. it's annoyingly
0: and... out of date because
3: Yeah, it's very like, specific.
0: Issues wise, yeah.
3: Yeah. I was thinking that also, I mean, so many of these clips, like even um Aiden's Rant, for example. Yes. Where Aiden was talking about, oh, Falau's free speech is under yeah, like, yeah. fuck. Remember when <laughs> that the was news effective. cycle was all about <laughs> talked about fucking fucking for months? Yeah, Yeah, it was ridiculous.
2: Anyway, uh, it's, a,
3: it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shame that we don't have more time to work on these kind of, like, extracurricular meme stuff. Yeah. Hopefully we'll find more time for it in the future. Anyway, here's that clip.
4: it is crazy explanations. Australian public's family
1: and education. When they hear Spelmo's shit exaggerations, there'll be trouble in town
4: tonight.
2: Oh, no. Australian public, I was just, ah, funding an expansion of fossil fuels. Economic exercise, care to join me? Why is there debt piling up in your budget, ScoMo? Um, ooh, that isn't debt. It's growth. Growth from the strong economic management we're having. Mmm, economic (laughs) management.
3: Um, oh. (laughs) uh
0: Uh, yeah yeah uh it it really loses something without the visual component the uh (laughs) the the microsoft sam voice makes a lot more sense with the uh the retro scrolling vcr line
3: yeah look it's it's an it's a visual aesthetic experience but also i feel like people who are familiar with the original scene probably get the picture yeah that's why i didn't play too too much of it no no that's. i just think you need you need a little taste Mm -hmm. um and then, uh, hot off the back of mm. that meme, we made an even more involved, much worse uh, And less video successful, meme. yes. Much yeah. less successful. Um, <laughs> for good reason. But, you know. Yeah, I would say this would be fairly high in the running for most cringe things yes. that we've done. That we've ever and done, yeah. yeah. We put an absolutely enormous amount of effort into making mm-hmm. this. Like,
0: yeah. I, I'm impressed with your track, honestly. Like the the lyrics both in writing and execution mediocre, but the your your like reproduction of this Eminem song was very good.
3: I mean, I spent days in the lab. I got a a bass player in a to do some live English. tracking. Yeah. <laughs> Shouts to Jack if you're listening. Yeah. Thank you for helping us out on this one. Anyway, here's a clip of real shit Albo. <laughs> Labour ain't shit but live light. Well some
0: of them are hard right Who cut public services on budget right. We should let refugees come through And you know we gotta increase New start too But if you vote for Albo Well you know he won't In the bin with ALP. Sing the chorus here we go I'm shit Albo Yes I'm the shit Albo Getting shit by the hour Cause I wanna keep power Want the real shit Albo Please stand down Please stand down Please stand down I'm shit Albo I'm the shit. Albo getting shit by the hour cause I wanna keep power. Want the real shit, Albo, please stand down.
4: Please
3: stand down. Please stand down. Yeah, I I mean the beat <laughs> The beat goes hard, but you know. We we perhaps would have been uh energy would have been better spent elsewhere, but anyway. yeah. Lesson learned. Um <laughs> Alright, uh now I've got a clip here from uh another of our episodes. Uh, another of our interview episodes mm-hmm. um and by this point i think we would it was deep into corona time so i think we've just part we're passing now into 2020 chronologically cool and this is a clip from uh my interview with lazy susan nice drag queen about town and uh general oh, i just just play
9: the clip. So essentially, ANZ releases this ad in the lead up to, to Mardi Gras, where it, it gets like a whole bunch of very innocent queer people who do not deserve. I want I want to couch all of this in saying that the people who are, appear in this ad uh, are completely without fault and like are all just trying to get that coin, honey. And and from what I've heard, we're paid very 100%. well to appear in this ad to um, use queer slurs and and talk about them in the camera about times that they'd experienced them, so essentially talk about some of their trauma that they've picked up as queer people, um, which is absolutely their right and their place to do and absolutely their place to monetize and take money from, which I 100% give them the coin. Um, And then ANZ decided that it was time to take these people's stories and turn them into an ad for their delicious little bank and then... um, (laughs) Me and my girl group could not resist. We decided that it was time because we've seen a lot of hate out there towards this bank um, in the wake of this, this ad. Um, And so we decided to step in and defend the banks. And that's what you're about to hear. All
3: right. I'm going to play it now. Just like for everybody who hasn't seen the original video, this is an absolutely fucking impeccable rip, like satire of it. Like it is shot for shot. The f- they've got the same fucking funk going on it's 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 really well done um so
7: tell me what your name is my name is my name is
9: big bank big bank big bank big bank big four massive bank my name is land grabber predatory lender greedy pigs coal guzzler Capitalist oligarchy land grabber loan shark Tax haven. They say that... They say... They say that I'm a faceless corporation. They say a giant multinational bank can't be a gay person. Liberal party donor. Greedy bastards. Greedy pig. Ham fister. Boomer. Pink washer. Pink washer. What do you mean the faggots didn't like it? (laughs) Well, maybe there's a women's football league we can do something with.
3: And uh, the text at the end there reads... We're proud to continue supporting ourselves, the fossil fuel industry, the Liberal Party, and the queers. Hashtag thank bank.
0: <laughs> Finally. Clips within clips within clips, but
3: Yeah, clips so clips in clips. She's a fucking genius. I yeah, mean, yeah. The, and her squad, the Beastie Girls who are also in that uh clip. Um Catch the Mom. Say on a giant multinational bank. Can't animal. be a gay person. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah so, no and I'm so funny. <laughs> yeah she she's fantastic and yeah I have been watching uh RuPaul's Drag Race down under uh as I think you have noon <sighs> and
4: yeah, yeah
3: and it's just like very awful and embarrassing and cringe and coming back to that combo yeah. with lazy like you know just she's so thoughtful and thinking... insightful
0: and just even that clip about like it was totally fine and good for these people to take part in the ad, but the people making the ad were doing a bad thing. Like, I think that's a really nuanced position and a sensible one. And like, uh, the world would be a better place if people could hold those sorts of slightly conflicting positions more.
3: Uh, Look, I think Lazy Susan is exactly the kind of queen that Australia needs more of right now She's mm. still out working. You should definitely be following her on all yep. the socials, following the Beastie Girls. And if you're in Melbourne, getting out to as many of their shows as possible. They are actually hosting Drag Race screenings at the moment, which I can't recommend getting along to enough once um, <laughs> lockdown lifts. <laughs> yep. um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we also touched in that conversation, Lazy and I, about like cops at mm-hmm. uh, Mardi Gras yeah. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, Pride as well. Um, which is a conversation we haven't really touched on it in the show in no, the last couple of yeah. weeks, but that's sort of been ongoing as well. So, yeah, that kind of, I don't know, eagerly discussing the politics of queerness as opposed mm-hmm. to trying to sand that off and yep. depoliticize queerness, I think is, I don't know, just a very important and interesting conversation. Um, so... The next clip I've got, and the next couple of clips I've got here are from Noon and the Dunce. Which, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that struck me going back and collecting these clips, I was like <laughs> shocked at the amount of work that we have done, basically. This is a four episode mini series yeah. that we released like every week for four weeks alongside our main mm-hmm. episodes. Like, who does yeah, Every that? week. That is good. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's <laughs> ridiculous. And I mean, you put the majority of the work into it um, doing all the research, but I did make this uh, theme song, which I was quite happy with. It's time for dance. 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 I know you wanted it to be... Pinky in the Brain theme. Yeah, but as you <laughs> said,
0: that is a bit beyond your like capacity to do with like digital uh, know, Garage Band. Yeah, whatever. I
3: draw the line at um, doing marimba versions of Eminem. <laughs> uh, for... I can excuse marimba versions of
0: Eminem, but I draw the line at orchestral swells.
3: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, here's a little two-minute clip. Uh, from episode one of noon and the dunce which if you haven't listened if you're a recent listener yeah this is a four-part miniseries that we did where noon explained marxist theory to me using memes as his like touch points Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i think it's it's pretty fun and interesting i know that there's a number of people who really enjoyed it it's uh you know still up on the feed and stuff if you want to go back and listen to it and yeah yeah, here's, here's a little taster
0: one of hegel's like fundamental tools is dialectics and this is a word that gets used throughout history at all sorts of times in philosophy socrates talked about the dialectic method whatever uh, it means different things for different people and hegel nerds get mad for people overemphasizing emphasizing the dialectic um but anyway uh it's still important conceptually so do you know what the dialectic is zach
3: I think I have a relatively basic understanding of it, which is basically you smush two ideas together in order to make a new delicious idea that is better than the original two ideas.
0: That's fucking phenomenal. That's the perfect explanation. Yeah. (laughs) So it's this three-stage process of thesis, antithesis, and synthesis. And it's exactly what you said. You start off with one thing, and then you get its opposite, and then you kind of combine the best bits. And then that synthesis becomes the thesis that then something else reacts against. Anyway, it's this kind of like neat conceptual tool for looking at how stuff relates to one another, but it's basically also nonsense. Um, so this might actually be a good <laughs> moment for you to read the next meme on our, in our um
3: Alright, I'm scrolling list. down. Yeah. Okay. So there, now we're getting much danker here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, get. I didn't even know what the original version of this one was, but yeah. I'm sure that once I start to read it, people will recognize... Mm. The format. So, uh, got a picture of Marx. Hegel, can you give me dialectics? And a picture of who I can only assume is is Hegel, Hegel looking very yellow. (laughs) Hegel says, for absolute idealism. Marx says, yes. And then the next panel is, actually subverts the Hegelian system like a boss. With a picture of um, the cover of Marx and Engels' book, The German Ideology. And then the final panel is, materialism time. And there's some uh, communist Communist propaganda images. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. (laughs)
0: Okay. So this is a very accurate rendition of Marx's interpretation of Hegel. (laughs) Wow. I mean, I know you were saying that uh, maybe uh, the real shit elbow was the most cringe thing we've ever done. But having read a lot more about Hegel in the years since I've done this, I... Oh, no.
3: (laughs) not sure about your yeah
0: yeah meme analysis there yeah for one thing that particular triad the thesis antithesis synthesis is not used anywhere in hegel and it's used by Fichte, who was one of his contemporaries and people later were like oh and that's what hegel was doing too but um hegel uses different triads mm. of uh abstract negative concrete and immediate immediate concrete neither of which i have any idea what they mean but everyone tells me and not the thing that i said in that one but anyway uh it may well be total nonsense and the the, the point about mark's uh, uh misusing it for his own end still applies so yeah
3: huh. that's also um like that meme format is a trip down memory lane like that's not one i you it. see around, it,
0: it. it. It's, it's a great format
3: it is a really good format uh yeah but i haven't included that many um shit posts of the week and that kind of thing mm-hmm. in here really so it's good to get um, a meme there yeah, and but I think it, it it'd be funny to reflect on like, you know, which formats were in vogue. You know, totally two years ago. Well, I think
0: that was kind of our plan early on was to do a bit more meme news about like, this has been a popular format this week, and where did it come from, or whatever. And instead, it's just been OzPol yeah. with some memes. Yeah, in it. but yeah,
3: yeah. There's definitely like listening back to the earlier episodes. There's a lot more shit talking. And mm-hmm. a lot less. News well, that's because we had like
0: less than twelve words for a, notes for a thirty-minute <laughs> yeah. episode. So, like, yeah. that makes sense.
3: And look, maybe we need to split the difference between that and a two-hour-long <laughs> episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Speaking we'll find which, out way back somehow. Hit the next clip. We should. This is a, a, a clip from episode forty-eight where you interviewed Jack from Rahu, the like, Renters and Housing Union. Let's check it out.
0: Could you just tell us a little bit about, like, how the coronavirus has affected renters and tenants and some of the impacts that that's had?
10: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So, we know that the majority of people who rent houses, like, the rent, the accommodation Mm. that they live in, are young people under 30. um, And those people are also more likely to be in precarious employment or within that kind of gig economy, working sort of, like, Hand-to-mouth um, people that have less savings um, and less kind of uh, yeah, less capital um, and security generally. So it's kind mm. of hit that group of people. Also, it's a lot of people who work in industries that have been really hard hit as well, like entertainment, hospitality, totally. Hospo. yeah, um, yeah, all that kind of thing. Uh, so it's it's really like a perfect storm of like economic mm. sort of um, just general malaise for people that are totally. younger people who rent accommodation people who are lower incomes um and then there's also a lot of issues um with who can claim the um government payments that have been mm-hmm. uh, added or increased during this time as well um so yeah it's really uh it's really not good people may have noticed totally. <laughs> coronavirus yeah. not fun um
0: it's a hot take, Jack, but you know, I'll stand it.
10: I thank you. Thank you. I know. I felt a little bit nervous putting that out into the world, knowing <laughs> just how many people would really disagree with me. Uh coronavirus, I don't like it.
0: There's a lot of cutting analysis in that in that interview, including coronavirus bad.
3: Yeah. One of the many takes that you can get only from listening to this show. Um that's probably not a bad segue into our next clip because uh Jack as some as a member of And organized with uh renters and housing union is not somebody who is predisposed to liking landlords, shall we say. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh so I'm gonna play now. Which clip this is coming. Do you think you know where where we're (laughs) going? This one's this this is kind of a long one. It's this is a longish clip, but uh I think it's worth it. Um it's an old Ospol snackboard favorite, so let's jump in.
0: This is a classic. Do you want to take us into our next segment, Zach?
3: Yeah, sure. Play that sting. Fasci Australia. Um. So I feel like th- this is a non-dutton Fasci Australia story. And, like, right. hey, it's on the. It's, you know. It, it's Fasci because it involves a cop, but I don't know. If it's, you know a cop abusing that. their powers oh, and, like, and yeah, doing it to, like. And also uh, uh, manipulating and-,
0: and extorting a, a disabled person. It's pretty yeah, fascist. Yeah, true.
3: Sure. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Um, definitely Fashy. So, um, this story I feel like is a real gimme for SnackPod listeners. Mm. Which, by the way, it's never occurred to me before. But um, uh, Lazy Susan like referred to our listeners as the Snack Pack the mm. other day, and I was like, oh my god, genius! How have we never come up with it? We'd be calling people like Snacker Pals, Snack Buddies, like Snack Podders, all of yep. which are fucking terrible. So, the yeah, I think pack. maybe officially I think that's, that's the Snack good. Pack. Yeah, and maybe a snack packer for a, for a, hmm, I don't know. That actually that sounds sound like sounds someone
0: traveling, but like traveling while eating yeah. biscuits. Well, look,
3: we'll, we'll work it out. Let us know <laughs> if you have any suggestions. Um, but yeah, I feel like this story is a bit of a gimme for the snack pack because it's about, uh, you know, snack packers, they don't like landlords and they don't like cops. And this is a story about a landlord cop kind uh, of an also- <laughs> aspirational landlord cup well i mean they functioned as a landlord yeah. for a while <laughs> yeah um so this is a story that uh, was broken by a court reporter by the name of chanel Vella, which we, we found this on on twitter i think she works for channel seven so i'm not going to like sing her praises like too intensely um uh, but about a scroll through called-
0: her twitter feed though it was pretty good
3: it was all right um the top. the, the story is a story about someone called Rosa Rossi, who was a sergeant with Victoria Police, and she used the police database to find vacant properties around Melbourne. She would then impersonate the owners in order to hire locksmiths to change the locks on these abandoned properties, and then or vacant, not abandoned, mm. and then she would rent them out on Gumtree. She did this with five separate properties, most of which were in Melbourne's plan. West, around Yarra yes.
0: kind of area. Yeah.
3: Um, and the long-term plan was to use, uh, like, adverse possession laws, so, like, squatter's rights. If you, like, functionally own a property for 15 years, then you legally own it, technically. So, you know, she was trying to play the long game here. Um, kind kind of, of. Like, kind of. <laughs> the short <laughs> long game. She wasn't waiting around for the 15 years. <laughs> she was back fraudulently backdating paperwork to make it look like it was <laughs> 15 years old. And um, using her, like, status as a police officer to avoid any consequences. And uh, the cops did look into this at one stage because some neighbours... Like multiple times, them, like,
0: actually. <laughs> yeah. there, there was a number of incidents along these lines. But yeah, go on.
3: But neighbours being like, hey, I know the person that owns that house, and yeah, they're overseas and haven't been around in a while, but that's not them. Uh, and then the cops show up, and Rossi uh, apparently said, it's okay, I'm a cop. <laughs> um, which uh, At which point in the hearing, the judge apparently said, quote, That's bad. (laughs) (laughs) I love that.
0: It's just uh, that Simpsons meme really uh, popped out to me. That's good. That's bad.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Can I go now? Um, Rossi, so she's she's resigned as a cop now. She pled guilty uh, to a bunch of charges, obtaining property by deception, perjury, unauthorized access to police information, etc. She claimed that she did it because she was depressed. But (laughs) um, her second reason, and perhaps... Main reason was that <laughs> yeah. she wanted a big property portfolio. <laughs> um, which, you that. have to understand, you know There's illegal stuff. It was for my own personal gain. It's because I, I wanted wonder, money, <laughs> money and stuff for me. Uh, I wonder. Surely if the, you like, understand. Line of reasoning there is like, you know, it's the Australian dream. Everybody mm. wants a property portfolio. You can relate to that, Your Honour, can't you? Um, Anyway, um, also, I, I, I don't know. Like, I know plenty of people who are depressed and managed to not, like, abuse positions of authority and...
0: The judge used some kind of phrase like a very energetic fraudster or something like that. And I'm not saying that <laughs> depressed people never have energy, but I'm just saying on days that I can't get out of bed, I definitely can't <laughs> manipulate a database to then use adverse possession laws uh, through a series of fraudulent... Uh, claims, you know. Like uh, that that takes yeah. a lot of willpower. Yeah, you gotta like
3: inhabit the character as well when you're interacting with these locksmiths and being like, oh geez, I just don't know what happened to my keys yeah. at this house <laughs> that I own and have owned for fifteen years, according to this paperwork, which I have right here if you'd like to see. Um anyway, she's gonna be sentenced next month, so I don't know if we'll hear any more about that story, but if so We'll keep you updated on the adventures of Landlord Cop. I don't think we ever did check back in on Landlord Cop.
0: No, I didn't think so. But we did get some amazing um, original content. I think both Steph and Morgan made uh, memes about Landlord Cop. It really yep. seems like, you know, should be a should be a webcomic.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Holly also made a really good one, which is, right. a depressed person do <laughs> this, and yeah. it's a uh, guy holding on. Fortunately, an managed. managed property portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, lots of good content came out of Landlord Cop. That's an Ospo Snackpod classic. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, here's another clip of me desperately trying to (laughs) create a a, a classic Ospo Snackpod moment. I've got an ongoing joke which just hasn't been picked up by that many people, and I'm not sure if it's ever going to sort of take off. That uh, every member of the IPA is a wet little pickle baby fresh from the jar because they all they're all so young and wet, you know they all have so much fucking like uh, gel in their hair that they've combed down. And look, I'm I think they it's a funny both, bit, and I'm going to uh, keep they, doing. it. They all it.
0: look like both of the guys who run the poker podcast that I listen to. Uh, yeah, just big, everybody's big saying that. I've heard that from energy. multiple people.
3: Yeah. <laughs> But so to continue this failing bit that no one seems to like, mm-hmm. if uh, members of the IPA are wet little pickle babies, I think members of the Menzies Reach Centre are uh, like slimy little wieners from a can, essentially. Mm, that sort cocktail of
0: tail wienies from yeah, a Bain Marie,
3: exactly. Well, you, well, like you never you ever get sausages in a can. You know, you can no, buy. That's yeah, frankfurts <laughs> like in a can, They're literally, yeah. and you pull one out, and they say something like. The hand of the free market is just a force of nature or whatever. Um.
0: <laughs> but it is funny. And we were just talking about wet little pickle boys the other day. Because uh, we were thinking about maybe doing some new pins um, or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe boys a shirt. Be... Uh, look at me. I'm Pickle Menzies Research Institute.
3: Oh, uh, um, it just absolutely rolls it off the tongue. Itself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh also i know look we said we weren't going to talk about any news but while we were listening to that last clip i looked up what happened to landlord cop and according to the abc rosa rossi 57 was sent uh sentenced to four years and six months in jail over the elaborate scam which she orchestrated using manuals she found on the internet that's weird that's a weird detail uh but you can get nearly five years jail time for fake landlords uh but Beating a disabled guy, and then pepper-spraying him, and then hosing him with a uh, dangerously powerful
3: hose. Well, landlordism is one of the most hallowed institutions upon which Australian society is built.
0: That's true, yeah. So, you know, breaking rules there. Crimes against money. It's like
3: impersonating a judge, or god, or something, you Mm -hmm. know? You can't let that, on principle, you can't let that stand. That's right. Uh, (laughs) So let's, let's hear another short interview clip. Uh, this is when we talked to Lydia Thorpe, which, again, this is just kind of like a ridiculous thing. It's ridiculous that happened. That, that happened. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's been just under four weeks since you were sworn in as a senator in the federal parliament, and we just wanted to ask you a bit about what the job's been like so far um, and how that experience of the past month has been stepping into that new job?
2: Uh, it's been a great experience to be honest. I mean I, I only I work my best under pressure. I work my best under full assault. <laughs> For sure. Um so so uh, that's what it's been like, you know, going into a, a new space uh, with new colleagues. Uh, being able to say hi to Pauline Hanson yeah, far out. um and and have her kind of feel, you know, awkward about that interaction. <laughs> uh so no, look it's, I've enjoyed uh the first few or few months in my new role and I've you know been able to have a lot of conversations with both uh of the major parties mm-hmm. and uh politicians that Belong to those, so you know there is a there's this kind of unspoken respect in that space. Mm. Um, So what you see on the floor and everyone yelling at one another, uh, that's not happening in the halls. You know there are respectful conversations going on, and I just want to continue to bring out the truth and and call Mm. out the injustice uh, and educate these people. I think that these people have you know they're. career politicians who are yeah. out of touch with the people on the ground mm. and that they need, some, um, they need someone in there to give them a reality check about what's actually going on in this country on the ground.
4: Yeah. Um,
0: I was just going to give Alison another little peek behind the curtain of that episode. You and I had a, a reasonably extensive debate in the day or two leading up to that interview about whether we should ask Lydia about her dog Because we had just started doing the pup date segment and we knew that she had a dog and that she has talked about it before, but we decided we were interviewing her for 20 minutes about cultural genocide and we probably didn't want to just like pop a little silly dog question on there at the end. Mm. But in retrospect, I'm not sure we made the right call. You know, I I honestly don't know. You've, you've looked after Lydia's dog though, haven't you (laughs) since then?
3: No. (laughs) Didn't you mind it at a rally once or something? No, she handed me her phone and keys um when uh, I was at uh one of the protests outside the park hotel uh right. where refugees, refugees are being yeah, held mm-hmm. and then and Lydia was there, and she was um about to give a press conference and I walked up just to kind of say hi like, hey, I interviewed you for my podcast. She had no idea who I was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then it was like interview. she had, it was like press conference time and she looked around she was like, Oh, I have no idea where my assistants are. Uh, Hey, can you, uh, hold this stuff? Cause she was wearing, uh, like a dress with no pockets on it. And she was just holding her like wallet and keys and water bottle. And she just kind of handed them to me and then did a 20 minute press-, press conference. And I was just kind of standing there like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to leave. <laughs> um, but, but i guess i can't now and then no and then eventually her, her staffers showed up and i gave her stuff back and then yeah i messaged noon being like i was a lydia thorpe staffer for 20 minutes <laughs> um and uh yeah anyway shouts to lydia that was it was uh extremely decent of her to um, give us an interview yeah uh, and also thanks to the people who helped us set that up you know who you are and uh, yeah we appreciate you, you. Now, time to move on to another potluck, which I'd say is pretty high in the running for my favorite potluck of all time. I think right. I listened to this like 20 times when we first received it. Amazing. Because I just completely lose my shit every time I, I heard it. Uh, so let's take a listen back. AC.
8: Sounds plausible. I don't have perfect pitch. Sounded like a minor third. AP. Wait, what? That wasn't A-B, that was like an octave.
11: A-C-A-B.
3: Yeah, cute.
11: I mean, yeah, cute, but highly inaccurate. Here, let me
8: fix that for you.
4: A-C-A-B. A-C-A-B.
8: I couldn't completely get rid of all the echoes of the C's that you played, Zach, but maybe that's <laughs> symbolic.
0: So good. There's layers. <laughs> it's like an ogre. There's layers. Uh-
3: uh, yeah, de- Shrek level, Shrek levels of of comedy. Um, yeah, when the sax comes in, that's just like <laughs> mop, mop. <laughs> a, te- a tenor, it's, yeah. so fucking good, and down that, the octave that was as from- well.
0: That's a real, that's a real decision. <laughs> decision <back.
3: laughs> yeah, we're going to send a big shout out to Mac for that one. And um yeah. who has sent us all uh, the
0: potlucks as well before? Um, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, this is you know, that's a creme de la creme potluck in my opinion but also
0: go listen to operation doomsday everybody uh rest in peace mf2
3: yeah rip in peace for real um now this is another classic clip and this is one that was actually uh recommended by a listener i think it was sully who recommended this one cool so um oh yeah i noticed he, this. after
0: we asked for recommendations he went back and Watched all of our Facebook snippets, yeah,
3: and so this was a uh, a snippet back in the day this is This one is from episode sixty. I think it's a pretty fun little clip, cool. His first thing is that I think he said that he wants to provide two hundred new police for the c b d um because I, it just seems to be the first thing that um it's just the first thing that conservatives reach for, like if they't like oh, I just need something solid that everybody can get behind more cops. Yeah. Okay, everybody cool. loves Very, cops. Everybody loves cops. <laughs> Very imaginative, but um, slightly more interesting um, policy is that he says he's going to provide free parking for cops in the CBD because yeah, at the well, moment I'm not
0: sure the city can hire cops, so it makes sense that he would have to find like, some other way street. Uh, usage-related ways to
3: help them? Yes. Well, because apparently the lack of free parking for police in the Perth CBD means that no good cops are applying for Perth postings. Right, um, it's only
0: the scumbags who
3: catch public transport who are becoming cops now. Right? and I've got this, this amazing quote from the president of the Western Australian Police Union, it says, you cannot ask our hard-working police officers to get on public transport in the early hours of the morning, often with the same people they have either locked up or given a move-on notice. It's a recipe for disaster.
0: Wow.
3: Bro, you're not supposed to say that shit out loud. <laughs> We're police. We can't be part of the community. All of them hate us because we constantly brutalize them. I can't catch the bus. People are gonna fuck me up. Aren't you that
0: person everybody hates? Oh my no, I'm the police officer who arrested you last night.
3: I saw the implication of like you can't ask police to catch the bus like a criminal <laughs> Yeah. But no good cops or oh, only
0: like the the there's a demographic of people who would be fabulous cops who are going to like do justice and fight crime and all of those things that people who love cops <laughs> think that they do, but they're not really sure. It's kind of expensive to park, so <laughs> maybe they'll just like be a security co- oh, like, oh, guy. I guess <laughs> I'm going to
3: go have to be a good cop elsewhere, clean up yeah. some different streets. Good cop in parking. Melbourne.
0: Well, they don't make me catch a fucking tram. <laughs>
3: Uh, that's a the,
0: that's a good one, yeah. And then he got elected.
3: Yeah, oh yeah. So that was about Basil Zemplis, the, yeah. uh, the now radio Wartmare host. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Um, ridiculous that he got fucking elected, but also um, deeply unsurprising mm-hmm. as well. Um, now the when when we put out a uh, request for. People to tell us what some of their like favorite moments on the show had been. A lot of people said that uh, their episode with Joe from chronically really sick was their favorite episode. Um, yeah, so I, me too. I've when I was a, looking
0: for clips from it, I listened to it and I found the clip. Then I was like, just going to listen to the rest of this because it was great.
3: Well, I th- and actually I think I've gone with a different clip from the one that you chose. Oh, cool, great. Potentially. Um, so, but. Yeah, as you say, lots and lots of good moments. I mean, Joe's just incredible. And it was also
0: our first time doing, like, a co-host guest. Yeah. Um, which I think works way better for our skills and format than actual interviews. Interviewing,
3: yeah, yeah, which we are in no way trained to do. <laughs> Not um, at all. Yeah, and I think Joe just slotted in, like, yeah. to the role of co-host so smoothly. She did an absolutely incredible job. And she's just, you know, she's got a sort of, she's naturally funny in a way that mm-hmm. I, just like, don't think that I could ever. It's, it's, you're just born with it. You know it's what I mean? Skill. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's incredible. So I've got a, 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 a got a fairly meaty clip here uh, Great. from that episode because people liked it. So I thought, you know, let's give them a couple minutes. Give the people. Uh, what this they is want. from episode sixty-seven featuring Joe from Chronically Fully Sick. This is a a
0: hideous image of of Dutton, that he's been given, like, severe freckles, his nose has been turned up, his eyes are closer together and red and tiny, his eyebrows are essentially gone. He just looks like- He's all round, very crispy. It, it's lightly deep-fried, shallow-fried, yeah. shallow-fried meme. He, me. he looks also,
8: like he needs a chemical peel or, like, some serious... At least one. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Maybe one of those kerosene baths from the old folks' homes could... I don't know. And
8: but,
10: then we light it on fire? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. get that
0: whole off. <laughs> but he's, he's also got an air bud in, and he's holding up to the camera a big blunt, and the the impact font text says... Dutton passes you the boof. Do you accept? Yes. Sad react. No. Angry react. Um, <laughs> and it's a real—it's a tough question. You know, I do not know what if Dutton passes me the boof. Do I accept? It's truly a proletarian conundrum for our era.
2: Easy
10: answer to the question, I have to say. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course, yes. Because wow. this this dude is in charge of Border Force. He has the best chronic there is.
0: <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> That's a really good point. I hadn't really thought of it like that. It was more of like a, you know, ethical boycott. Also, presumably, he's been hitting it.
3: Yeah, which so when sure. it sounds I hit gross. It, and, but, like, at this stage, he's he. I think he has been confirmed corona negative. So mm. I don't know if you need to worry about that anymore.
0: It's not so mm. much like the 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 social distancing aspect as the like Dutton distancing aspect. <laughs> I uh I touched a slug the other day, uh, completely <laughs> accidentally. I just like reached out for something and there was a slug on it. I didn't, and I was like, this weird. This isn't normally squishy. And then I looked down and I was like, oh god, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Um, and just like I was like covered and I was like just like shaking, having these little like gross fits for like a good. Ten twenty minutes later, and I feel like that's what smoking a
3: Dutton's Dutton buff. wetted blunt yeah. would might be like, you know. No, and it is Plus a blunt it's... too, so the end's going to be wet. Oh. Uh, it's going to be it's... like eighty percent tobacco. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I it's... just also want to point out that you point you, you mentioned that he's got an earpod. Uh, sorry, an AirPod, Air Bud, an Apple uh, AirPod. Yeah. No, the yeah. AirPods the Labrador who can slam dunk. He's got, <laughs> oh, cool, cool. He's got right, an AirPod. He doesn't AirPod. have a button in his ear. Okay, so show he's you. So he's wearing a single AirPod, but that is not from the Photoshop. That's yeah, yeah, that's from the that original. The interview. Yeah. He I didn't even realize that. This. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's a screen cap from an interview where he wore a single AirPod for no discernible reason that I can think of. So. I do wish it was
8: one of those old school Bluetooth um, things. <laughs> yes. That would have been sick. Seems a little
3: more appropriate for a liberal minister. <laughs> yeah, for his, real. Like, Maybe vintage. that's how he treats it. He's like, yeah, yeah this is my Bluetooth ear.
0: Mm. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Well, that's enough about Dotto and his. Yeah, book, I want to stop a, looking a at secondary... it. <laughs> yes, I still am amazed that you two were both so keen and I was the reluctant one. <laughs> yeah, Who no, knows? I mean, the world's a strange place. I've,
3: I felt like Joe had a very strong argument.
0: Convincing point. Yeah. yeah. Good, um, good, good. Of hitting
3: the Dotto blunt. Yeah. Mm. So I don't think I've changed my position. Um. <laughs> So uh one of the other episodes that listeners said that they enjoyed was uh probably the biggest uh and most intensive deep dive that we've ever done on a subject, which is when we spent a full hour of the podcast talking about friendly Geordies. Um, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's I think for really many people the, the episode in. Yeah, we did and I think that's the episode that really um put us on the map
0: definitely you know what i mean you know i mean people are always looking for for commentary and guidance about friendly geordies you know there's a lot of ins and outs and i think that episode is really the definitive um you know discussion anywhere on the internet about him and his role in the ozpol ecosystem
3: i agree yeah no i you know we don't like to toot our own horns that yeah. much, but I would say that yeah, that's it. It's the definitive friendly Geordie's resource. I don't think there's anything else that you need to know about him that isn't yeah. contained in that episode. Yeah. I was going to play a clip, but it's hard to pull out a moment um, from that episode. It was episode quite
0: a free-flowing sort of conceptual meeting of minds.
3: Yeah, it was, It's sort of you know, it's that feeling like when you pass a million points in Tetris that is there's something meditative or almost. You know, transcendent you know. exactly you you you, you the you, concepts falling into place you ascend place. to another plane the sort of this podcasting plane of existence where everything's Comprehending just coming Geordie's. yeah exactly mm. um so that's episode 62 for anybody who hasn't checked it out um so if you do definitely... want to hear
0: more about that in detail that's yeah just go back and
3: listen that's to that that's the place to go um wow this next clip is really long uh <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I I guess I must have thought it was really good. Um, Maybe I'll trim it down later, but this is a clip from uh, episode 63. Uh, Let's take a listen.
0: Why don't we move on to something a little more uh, lighthearted?
3: You fucked up. Yeah, this week, uh, New South Wales government fucked up uh, because they have commissioned an array of new asbestos murder fairies. Which seems like, um, you know, it wouldn't be a political winner, but they went ahead and did it anyway.
0: It's a bit Um, odd. Someone was
3: like, hey, do we want
0: these asbestos murder fairies? And someone else was like, yes, we do. Spend a lot of money on it.
3: Yeah. Actually, could we get 10? Yeah. I'd like 10 asbestos murder fairies, please. Um, Noon and I can attest Sydney public transport is a fucking mess. Yeah. Um, What was that one bus that had the loop in it? Oh, the uh,
0: 445, 445 slash 444. 444. Yeah, that one around Petersham that just like an unnecessary. And in fact, the 444 has two unnecessary loops. One of them is good for nonnas. Whatever. I have a lot of feelings about buses in the inner <laughs> west of Sydney. Let's. Were, uh, yeah. That's not what this show is about.
3: There was one bus that we used to catch around our neighborhoods that had like, the, part of its route is that it would just go around a block and it would go around like, the block every time, like do a perfect circle and then continue on its way. Literally and, no one uh, got on or off. Yeah. Yeah. It I actually was,
0: think that's more useful now that they've got the light rail going down there. Like, there's actually a change point.
4: It's
3: fine. Yeah, it makes. This isn't it, a Sydney like, Transit show. But look, there, there is. Even though we are now obviously um, Melbourne elitists, we did grow up in mm. Sydney, and so we know what it's like. And it was um, the other thing I came across in researching this story was reminded of the the time that the New South Wales government ordered two billion dollars worth of trains. Two years ago, and it turned out that they were like too wide for a whole bunch of tunnels and stations Amazing. that they had to go through. Amazing. And they eventually ended up just widening the tunnels.
0: Of course they did. That's the sensible <laughs> option. Uh oh, shit. That's anyway, so funny. okay. Gladys. So
3: the New South Wales government ordered ten new ferries through Transdev, which here's a fun sentence from their Wikipedia article. Transdev is a French based international private public transport operator, which I found very funny. Um, they are, yeah, an organization to which state governments, uh, outsource their public transport. They sure. run buses here in Melbourne as well. Um, but so Transdev outsourced the building of these, uh, 10 new ferries overseas. Uh, a few weeks ago, four of those ferries arrived in Australia and- they had asbestos in them. The Maritime Union says that they'd been telling the New South Wales government and Transdev that they'd been concerned that asbestos was going to be used in the construction for, like, a year and a half. they have been warning about this. Where
0: are they used? Like, what is the in asbestos? In gaskets, like- apparently.
3: Gaskets. Uh, okay. You know, don't blow sure. a gasket, because if you do, you'll get you'll d- asbestos, asbestos everywhere s- so and you'll kill everybody whatever, on the yeah. ferry. Miss Philiona. Um, <laughs> Jeez! Apparently, the asbestos has been removed. Um, good, good. From these ferries now. But
0: that's not the only way that people could get murdered by these ferries, is it? Zach? No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> then it came out a few days later that these boats have an open air top deck, so you can go and stand on the roof. But the top decks are so high that when the when the ferries pass under two separate bridges on their route, that anybody standing on top of them would get fucking chopped oh in half. Oh my god.
0: Well, they'd probably be crushed, right? I don't think that, despite the excellent video that you made starring some footage from is it Ghost 2012's chip. Ghost Ship, uh, that, that they would be cut in half. But no, I think it would be more like a grinding, bone crushing yeah, kind of mashed. a situation.
3: I mean, look... The some the chopping and half thing came from an article, and it is there. Are, there are lots of amazing quotes around from various public transport experts being like, mm-hmm. "No, no, 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 no! They have their heads cut off." But <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> but
0: like, that's not how impacts with bridges work. Whatever, it's fine. It does matter. I
3: mean, you don't know how fast these new river cats asbestos go. It's true.
0: asbestos ferries go. Yeah. Powered,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shooting asbestos flames like a fucking nitrous tank out the back, like Vin Diesel cranking the nose. <laughs> so the plan is the the ferry staff are going to have to make an announcement when they're approaching the bridges and tell everybody to get down from the top deck. Then they'll mm-hmm. rope it off, and then the ferry comes out the other side from these two bridges. They let people back up there. So the government's defense is that some charter boats already do this uh, under these bridges, <laughs> Those charter boats also happened to be run by TransDev, which I thought was pretty funny. Hmm. TransDev was like, it's fine. We do this shit all the time. There's no way that this is going to cause a massive PR disaster for you. Trust us. New South Wales government is like, okay, Okay. seems chill. (laughs) So they knew about the height issue when they ordered the ferries. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. this isn't a fucking surprise. It's just surprising everybody else. Um, And uh, just another great detail of this story The New South Wales Minister for Transport is Andrew Constance, that Mm -hmm. guy who attempted to run for Eden Monero for five minutes and then um, withdrew when uh, John Barilaro uh, called him a cunt in national media. (laughs) Um, And who is due to retire from politics at the end of this term, I think. Here's a quote from him. I just think everybody needs to take a chill pill (laughs) and realise that this is a good news story, not a bad one. They've been purposely designed this way so that commuters and those who enjoy the river cats can get outside. A lot of people do like to get outside on ferries and enjoy the wonderful scenery and fresh air. At the moment, you can't get outside on Rivercats. Soon, they're going to be able to go outside for the first time, so that's a great outcome. <laughs> uh,
0: unless someone drowns.
3: Yeah, you know, or, like, guess their nose broken by a bridge. Yep. Um, also,
0: like, like- <laughs> yeah, what's that, you know, the Simpsons bit where it's like, uh, we've got three ways of doing spin doctoring. There's subliminal, liminal, and superliminal. What's superliminal, uh, Andrew Constance? This is a good news story, not a bad one. Like, that's some some unsubtle spin <laughs> yeah. doctoring. Um, Just being like, hey, you like this now.
3: <laughs> you fairy-catching <laughs> losers love this shit, so stop pretending that you don't fucking love it. Long clip, but I think yeah. it's a good one.
0: It's got some good stuff in there.
3: It's a... It's such a good story that like <laughs> the fairies are like the news that articles started coming out when the fairies arrived, but like mm-hmm. everyone knew that they were going to have asbestos in them and that they were going to smash people <laughs> require into barriers. I mean, why not like, just
0: require everyone to lie flat on the on the deck? Rather than going downstairs,
3: yeah. uh, that's how you get ghost ship known. <laughs> we've been over this. So I made, the, I did, made the reenactment you for did. a reason. Um, next we've got a, a short clip from our interview with Leah, somebody who has provided a huge amount of support to this yes. podcast over the years, including content, to, including content, and uh, and who we finally got on. To the show on episode sixty uh, seventy three to tell us a little bit about slut walk.
5: The word slut has two meanings, really. It's the literal definition, which is like promiscuous or enjoys casual sex, and the other one is very cultural and holds a lot of uh <laughs> social capital or like a social debt. I'm not really sure how to <laughs> how mm-hmm. to talk yeah. about that, but it's incredibly gendered. Both of yes. those definitions, like. <laughs> For a woman to be a slut is, it's a shameful thing when really all it is is casual sex. That's all it is. Mm. Mm. And also when we talk about the controversy around the word, we need to remember like who uses it as a slur. And it's Mm. usually the same person who used prude as a slur because they can't handle Uh, like a woman being in control of her own sexuality and Mm. controlling her Mm. sexuality. So yeah, I think that is the problem with the word and that is what people are still pushing against. And a lot of it is internalized misogyny. Mm. And a lot of it I think is totally valid also. Like why are we using slut as, as a feminist movement? And it is, it's about reclamation of words and it's about who holds the power. And we're trying to take back that power.
3: Yeah, well said. And, of course, you can hear many more of Leah's thoughts over on her podcast, Loud, Angry, and Not Sorry, which we heartily recommend. Um, And I believe there's a new co-host starting. I don't know if that's been, like, publicly announced Mm -hmm. yet. but um, I think it uh, has
0: with the most recent episode.
3: There you go. So, uh, don't want to hear more good feminist thoughts over there. And then the next clip I've lined up is... Another OzPod SnackPod milestone. Mm-hmm. It's our first ever pup date. Oh, sick! Um, which again, this is kind of a long clip. Maybe I'll cut it down in post. We'll have a listen through and see uh, if we if we think it's worth keeping the, the full whole thing. fucking five minutes in there. Um, but yeah, it's become kind of a staple of the show. I know that uh, it's for a lot of people like one of their favourite segments, which I think is very cute. Yes. Um, And, uh, yeah, I thought it would be interesting to go back and listen to the very first time that we introduced it. Time for for our special treat segment, because you've made it this far. You listened to all the business.
0: Now you get the party at the back. (laughs) Um, You've put up with the fringe.
3: We thought... It's time for the mullet.
0: We wanted to, like, uh, share a little something about our lives that isn't Ozpol or memes, that's just, like, something something personal, so you guys get a little bit extra Noon and Zach real real talk, uh, and so we thought it would be good to have a little pup date at the end of each episode. We've each got a doggo, uh, they're both very good slash naughty boys, um, and they're always getting up to hijinks, so yeah, we thought maybe we'd give you a little a little two minute update on what's going on with our, our doggos each week.
3: It- it definitely is a taste of like what Noon and I do when we're not talking about politics, which basically, mm. we either talk about politics or we talk about our dogs. It's about it.
0: Yeah, that's true. We'd... Yeah. Uh,
3: Occasionally, yeah. the Big Lebowski. Yeah.
0: <laughs> also, uh, Zach's a bit uh, tired, and this episode has already been a huge show that's going to be uh, terrible to edit, <laughs> so we might not get a sting, but I was imagining like, um, <laughs> don't you open that trap door! Except it's like, now it's time for a pop date. That's so good. Maybe we can work on that for the future. But uh, yeah,
3: yeah, we'll, we'll get it maybe next time, next couple of times.
0: You, you want to give us your pop date
3: set? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, so my little boy is Dante. He's not that little. He's a pretty solidly medium-sized dog. Chunker. Yeah. He's extremely dense. He's a Lab Kelpie cross, all black, and he is basically a, a stinky demon tornado. He's mm. just extremely high energy loves bumping into stuff because he had his tail cut off before we got him he's a rescue and um it only recently dawned on me that the reason that he's constantly backing into stuff and like hitting himself is that he doesn't his like he doesn't have a the tail there to tell him, him that like him. hey there's a doorway approaching you should probably not move backwards at oh okay ne- never mind um so he loves bashing into stuff uh what was i going to share about dante this week Oh yeah, he's really bad at catching balls. He's got terrible eye mouth coordination. <laughs> if every time you throw him a treat, he's either, like one of two things happens. Either he'll go for it and he'll miss, and the like momentum of his head will send the treat flying off in a direction. <laughs> I've seen that happen so <laughs> quickly <laughs> that he loses the treat and is like, "Hey, uh, what's up? I thought oh, I, was gonna, I thought I was gonna get one. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a treat." The other thing that happens is he, he just watches the treat approach him through the air and doesn't do anything and just waits until it hits him in the face (laughs) and then it falls to the ground uh where he snuffles it up and that's actually a much more sensible approach than going for it Mm. uh, and also hilarious for me to watch stay tuned for more updates about how my dog is bad at catching stuff
0: all right, so for my pup date, I've also got a rescue dog. His name is Bagel. He's a blue heel across something. Someone said he has a husky tail. I should get him gene tested. But, yeah, he's a... Uh,
3: he's a unique-looking pup. He is, yeah.
0: He's um, striking. Uh, yeah. But he, he was a rescue, and he's got a lot of trauma, mostly about other dogs, but also, like, you know, he gets worried about prams and children and people on skateboards and plastic bags mm. and literally mm. anything. Um, but he's <laughs> been doing really well lately. I've been doing a lot of like uh, counter conditioning and desensitization um, and all, all of this very expensive training and it's, it's going well. And the other day we had a really good walk where we ran into, I don't know, like six or seven dogs while we were out walking and he was super calm about all of them. And just okay. before we got home, there was this unavoidable situation where I could either walk into one large dog or two small dogs. Oh, jeez! I, I was like, this is going to go terribly. He's been such a good boy, but this is going to go badly. Um, and I walked past them. The, I went past the two little ones. And he was like a little bit alert, but not shrieking, which is amazing. And then they started shrieking at him. And he did one little, yep. And then was like completely chill about it. And that is just like... Phenomenal. Well because like maybe a that's year a ago victory. he would have been like ripping off one of their legs. So yeah, that's uh that was really lovely. Um it, it wasn't ideal bagel. to have to go past them, but yeah, he's doing great. So that's that's really nice.
3: Oh, I know the relief of Dante's also very reactive, it can be very aggressive yeah. towards other dogs when you're on the leash. And the relief that you feel when a dog goes past not... and nothing happens, you're just like that is a huge win. Yeah, for everybody amazing. involved. Yeah. <laughs> oh bagel. Yeah, What a good boy. Yeah,
0: He's uh, currently being a stinky nuisance.
3: Yeah. I mean, what other way is there for them to be? That's right. Uh, so that was episode 63. And the next clip that I've got is from episode 69. Nice. Um, and I made a special theme song, mm-hmm. version of the theme song for this episode, which I was very proud of. And yeah, I thought we um, could give a little, uh, go on.
0: I was just going to say, you know, we're only going to be able to use it at most once every hundred episodes. So yes,
3: yeah, um, and so I'm, I'm taking the opportunity here to play it not once but twice. I'm going to play the first original version that okay, I made, great. Cool. and then the workshop version. After I sent it to Noon, we went back and forth a few times. Um, I think this is the original version. Buzz poll, snack, snack pod. Pause, pause. snack pod. Pause. Pause, pause, snack pod, snack pause, pause, pause snack pod, snack, pause, snack pause. And uh, I sent that to you and you were like, what's that keyboard? I, I hate that. I can't listen to it. It's just, huh. it's completely distracting. It sounds. I quite like it now. Way too much. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wanted to play it because I was like, hey, it's my little, uh, my little yeah. keyboard solo. Damn. No, I'm um, sorry. <laughs> Which didn't make it into the final version. No, I mean, I think you were right, because I think the okay. final version is better for it. Um, and also, I had the opportunity to lay in uh, a couple of Noon vox as well, mm-hmm. which I think really lifts the whole number. Let's take a listen to uh, the final version of Ozpol 69 Pod. Ozpol Snack Pod. Ozpol Snack Pod. Ospol Snackpot. Snackpot. Episode 69. I have um <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants it, I have the raw audio. <laughs> I just sent Noon a message being like, hey, could you whisper? 69 (laughs) and snack pot a whole bunch of times and i'll just choose a couple that work Uh Uh, and i have like the full three minute clip of just uh, just doing a bunch of different whispers um so yeah listener if you would like that uh let me know fabulous (laughs) i want to hear that (laughs) send to me when we're done i will um uh, that was episode 69, that was our budget episode, it was federal budget, and we did uh, our four... <laughs> I know. Just, and
0: it- I, I remember, because it was one of the very early ones that we did transcripts for, we were trying to do transcripts for, and uh, so I read our conversation, like, maybe 12 times, and it was a bit about, like, what better thing to do for 69 than talk about the budget, um, and <laughs> just joked about how they... were incongruous but anyway yeah
3: Please go <laughs> yeah I, when i was going yeah. back uh when we did our most you know it was the, obviously it was the federal budget recently and mm. i wanted to go back and listen to what we did for last year's budget and mm. trying to find the episode was really hard because <laughs> right was the episode is nice. just 69 nice yeah <laughs> <laughs> <was just> really <laughs> shooting ourselves in the foot uh with uh, seo there but whatever anyway so that was our budget episode and one of the funniest things Uh, that was in that budget was women use roads because there was this this kind of general outrage about how little money for women was allocated in the budget and then the libs sent out basically all female members of cabinet that they could wrangle to say no there's all this money in the budget for roads women use roads therefore there's there's money money for women exactly and then next week we got this potluck
12: Hey Snackers, I wanted to add a little side note to the government's theory, defense, that funding and building a road will benefit women as women are people and people use roads. Um, Based on the data that we've got, which to be fair, isn't consistently from every country and isn't always sex disaggregated, but based on the data that we have, women are actually much more likely than men to walk or to take public transport. This is to the point where in France, two-thirds of public transport passengers are women. Um, And generally around the world, men are much more likely to drive. And if a household owns a car, it actually tends to be the men who dominate access to it. So saying that building and funding a road will benefit women is just not true. It's probably more likely to disproportionately benefit men. Um, if anyone is interested in finding out a little bit more about data bias and how it affects women, there's a fascinating book called Invisible Women, Exposing Data Bias in a World Designed for Men by Carolyn Credo Perez, which I would highly recommend you check out if you're interested. Keep snacking in the free world.
0: So, yeah, there you have it, folks. Women did not use roads. <laughs> yeah. I, and then I, I, Holly I that made that fabulous great. meme. Women of the world, use roads. Use roads.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, that's an example of a great potluck as well, I think. Very, yep. um, very concise, very funny, and very to the point. Uh, and full of useful information. Mm. So thank you, Sarah, for that contri- contribution. Now, the, ne- the next clip I was going to play was from uh, episode 75, which is when I interviewed public housing policy expert David Kelly about that's right. the public housing renewal program here in Victoria. Mm-hmm. And this was another one that a lot of people said was one of their favorite episodes that they really got totally. a lot out of it
4: yeah
3: um and yeah i remember you as well noon at the time when uh because I, I i interviewed david alone uh, and you were like damn there was some really good stuff in there yeah and yeah i think it is really good i mean david is uh incredibly knowledgeable on the subject totally um but also because of other projects that i was involved in i had spent weeks sort of also immersed in the policy. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it was probably the interview that I was best prepared to For do sure. to know which questions to ask and stuff, which is a rare, it's like a rare instance. Normally you're getting people on to kind of,
0: because they know a lot about it and you don't. Um... Exactly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But interviewing from that position of being a bit more informed, uh, yeah, I think really strengthened it. Anyway, we're running really long, so I think I might not play a clip from that interview. No worries, but, but
0: everyone go listen to it because it's really good. That's Pub Lunch Housing with David. What episode is that? 73?
3: 75.
0: 75,
3: um, yeah. Yeah, and a number of people have s- requested that we do like a follow-up episode about public housing. Great. Uh, and I was thinking that we could potentially get on... Uh, one of David's colleagues from RMIT who uh, kind of collaborates on a lot of the work that he does. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned. That, that's something that we're um, definitely uh, keeping in mind well, yeah, for the future. Yeah. Uh, and now I've got a clip here from episode 81.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, now, <laughs> I kind of meant to mention this at the top of this section, but uh, when we were planning out the uh, the notes and the, the, <laughs> the, what we are going to talk about in the show... I was like Zach. I know we have a no U.S. poll rule, um, but I really want to talk about aliens. And he was like, "Look, if you talk about the vaccine for five minutes, you can talk about aliens."
3: So for one minute, which yeah. I'm looking at your notes, and <laughs>
0: I think I went over five for the vaccine. Okay. <laughs> so oh, is that how- we're, we're working on a credit-
3: <laughs> rollover credits? Exactly. Wow, yeah, you yeah. really are on the government side uh-huh. today. Yeah. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But roll of credits. Okay. So this alien story is that along with the United States 2.3 trillion dollar coronavirus economic relief package was a tiny little wee little subclause in <laughs> an amendment to one of the sub articles of this bill that all of the US intelligence agencies must make a public and unclassified report into what they know about UFOs. Uh, it actually calls them unidentified aerial phenomena, or UAPs, uh, which is just the like Ooh, what? wet ass pussies, <laughs> <laughs> unidentified ass pussies. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but
4: <laughs>
0: that's just like twenty twenty one. I'm not a kook version of UFO. <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: (laughs) yes you are you've invented an even more obscure acronym for it (laughs) it doesn't make you less of a nerd it makes you more of a nerd
0: totally totally uh and so actually the cia has released a bunch of files um and a website called the black vault has also released a bunch of the cia's files uh dating up to 2012 it seems though it's a bit unclear and most of these uh files are transcripts of news article or news stories mm-hmm. about what are pretty obvious like cold war incursions of like there was one where it's like an unidentified flying object crossed into russian space they radioed it it didn't reply and they shot it down and then two more u.s balloons came on and were like we're from the u.s can we come and collect our that that balloon that you just shot down <laughs> and so it's like well okay these are clearly not aliens um but there are some of these papers that are like um files about stuff in the cia library being like this is this very odd piece of metal collected from a crash site that we don't know what the thing crashed and very it's very x files yeah yeah totally
3: all right it's the fbrb it. yeah yeah
0: um so you know uh, cool i guess um but all of these <laughs> files are like old um gotcha yeah so the reports are due in approximately 170 days from recording it's um, just
3: so funny to me that this got passed in the corona (laughs) (laughs) economic relief bill Bill. yeah yeah amazing well got to give the people a little something to get them through dark times right right. and it's definitely not going to be a two thousand dollar check yeah (laughs) Yeah. um (laughs) it's going to be hey maybe there is life elsewhere in the universe and we're even more insignificant than we thought yeah was you know, it worth it to, to break the no U.S. poll rules?
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I, I don't know if I've said this to you, Zach. Like, I I have many different ideas for blogs that I would like to start. <laughs> One of them is about all of the questions that we won't be able to properly answer until we meet aliens. Um, Because, like, you know, anthropologists or sociologists or economists or whatever, psychologists, all of these fields... Only have like one species slash planet to look at. And uh yeah. So I I feel like there's that there should be a whole like academic field of making predictions based on aliens. Anyway, that's fine.
3: I look forward to your blog.
0: It's probably not gonna happen. I've got other high priority ones, but yeah. <laughs> and they're also not gonna happen. So you know, it's 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 a white end list. Anyway, please
3: go on. Well, yeah, what's that just next? as well that, we, that we, I let you talk about aliens for <laughs> Ex- significantly longer minutes. than one minute. <laughs> and now, here is another absolute all-timer of a potluck. This one is from friend confidant, member of our inner sanctum, Coot.
11: Every three months, a person is torn to pieces by a crocodile in far north Queensland. But did you know dingo near people also a problem? Researchers at CQU are leading the way with groundbreaking new research. Using Wacky Whaley Inflatable Tube Guys, they have proven that dingoes in captivity do not like Wacky Whaley Inflatable Tube Guys. The application of this technology is extensive, with everything from Wacky Whaley Inflatable Tube Guys near bins to Wacky Whaley Inflatable Tube Guys in other places. The unpredictable movement, color, and noise are a proven innovative means to creating an unwelcoming and inhospitable living environment. For only $1.5 million, the Queensland state government could purchase 3,000 Wacky Whaling inflatable tube guys with an aggressive 950-watt motor that could blow at all hours to fix the problem once and for all of Dingo's near people. This state election, refrain from voting Flib, abstain from the Flab, vote one 3,000 Wacky Whaling inflatable tube guys.
0: So good. It's also, so good. Flib Flab is an antique Ospol shitposting meme that I don't think really... You know, I think it's it's time has come and gone, but it it should come back again.
3: It's good. The joke
0: being that the major parties, are, you know, there's flip and there's
3: flap, there's flip and there's flap. Um, there's so much to love in that pot. Like, I also didn't realize that it is an actual piece oh, of yeah. research being conducted yeah. by Central Queensland University. And I don't think we Coot made that is,
0: clear. Coot is signed up to this university's mailing list, and she was like, "I've gotten like four like four emails from them in the last year." <laughs> And three of them have been about Wacky Whaling Inflatable Arm Chute Man near Dingo This is band. really,
3: it's like a flagship like they're pushing it. piece yeah. of research. <laughs> yeah. I was at the phrase, um, an aggressive 9,000 watt <laughs> to, which can blow know. it all out. <laughs> so good. It's really, it's good. It, it's really good. Thank you so much, Kurt. That's one of my favorites. Favorite potlucks of all time. Uh, and now I'm going to play the one and only clip that we've pulled from a bonus episode. Oh, and... so, what is it? <laughs> Do you want it to... I'm going to take a wild guess.
0: Uh, I'm just trying to remember all of our bonus episodes. <laughs> I'll just play the clip. All right, tell me. Yeah.
3: Here's the second meme on this page. Uh, it's a picture of a plane. It says <laughs> the polar bear express on it. I don't know if that's relevant to the joke. It's <laughs> flying over ice and... It's just... It's just ambiance,
0: scene setting, uh, mise en place.
3: Yeah, that's right. Mm. Texture. And there's a speech while we're coming from the plane. The <laughs> captain has asked, that you return to your seat as cabin crew will now be serving a light seal, a light seal. Um, <laughs> cabin crew asked you please return to your seat. Yep. We'll be serving you a light seal. Yeah, I don't get it.
0: Like, I understand, like, meat eating is like they ate a seal, but like, what
3: is there? Is that a pun? Oh, (laughs) Polar Bear Express. It is important. It was important for the joke. Oh, there's there's polar bears on the
4: plane. Okay. (laughs)
3: I'm mostly embarrassed that I didn't put those two things together, but... Okay, sure. I think you have to give Gina that (laughs) one. Oh, and a light meal!
4: (laughs) Like... Okay. Sure, that's the... That's the best one so far! (laughs) How did you not...
3: It's just why are <laughs> you sitting there? I wanted to I really want to know what was going through your head while you were sitting there. <laughs> just performance. Said, I thought that you I thought that you were doing a bit when you said you couldn't get it. You said I didn't <laughs> get it. I thought you were doing a <laughs> bit. <laughs> oh, a light
4: meal. <laughs>
0: Uh, that is very embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you you hear it. You hear every step of the way in that audio there of you being like of me, me being like, oh yeah, mise en place. Like I've I've just like <laughs> mentally blocked this out as like not an important detail. <laughs> uh, yeah, which
3: yeah. And for people who who don't listen to the bonus episodes, that was from the episode where we read through Gina Reinhardt's joke book. Um and
0: we barely scraped was, the surface as well. We should do yeah, another one I feel like maybe next next month we could do There's another. so much
3: more content. Mm. Yeah, still in there. And we have one of the only eight <clears throat> copies that we are or however
0: that, many there oh, are. Yeah, it's not, yeah, not many.
3: That we're aware of being sold. So again, you know, we we bring you the hard hitting shit, the stuff you can't get elsewhere. Fucking research, yeah. <laughs> um and uh and that I think that clip was suggested by Tilda, thank you very much. Thank you. And uh last last little clip here, um, which uh was a joke that got quite a good response and that I'm very proud of.
6: snack. 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 That's yeah,
3: mm-hmm. just uh want to throw that one at the end, the end there and that brings us to the end of our clips um yeah i hope that this was entertaining for you listener yeah we, i had know... a great time but, oh good uh, you know i'm glad
0: i always enjoy having my own thoughts. so um <laughs> but, you know
3: i like one thing that i realized as i was playing these clips i think I speak a lot more than you and a lot of the ones that I selected clearly have this like unconscious bias towards my own voice.
0: Oh, <laughs> I did de- I definitely did the same thing. I noticed when I was looking through the um uh, the, the old interviews, but it happens like even uh, you know when I was trying to fix up the transcripts or you know, I mean, we we sort of take turns with that now. Um we get them and go through and just sort of check it's all fine. Mm-hmm. And I always notice myself being like, "Oh, I'll just delete that comma." And then I'm like, oh, this is only in my dialogue. And like, Zach, Zach, yeah, 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 whatever. Oh, noon. Oh, this <laughs> this apostrophe is wrong. I'll just change that. So, no, I think, uh, don't, don't stress about it. I felt that's uh, funny. perfectly it's... well represented in these clips. So.
3: The other thing that, that reminds me of is when uh, you said something about like, oh, damn, I'm just not as polished as you on the episodes. Like, I feel like I need to get my shit together. And I was like, that's because you only hear them once I've edited them. And totally, I'm yeah, just yeah. like editing out all of my mistakes and then sending it over to you. And you're like, oh, geez, I've got to care. oh man, I really got to brush up. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: Anyway, it's a little it's... Uh, a jaunt down uh, Snackpod memory lane, a bit of a yeah. chronological trip through two fucking years of this podcast, mm. which is mm. ridiculous. Um, one thing that we didn't play uh, and we, which is potentially the sweetest thing that's ever happened in the history of the show is... At our 50th episode, mm. uh, some listeners got together and recorded a compilation of them saying how much they appreciated the show. That's and I right. thought it would be like, this is already a very self indulgent episode. And I thought that'd push us
0: over the
4: edge.
3: <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought it would. So we're not playing it, but that does kind of bring me to an important sentiment, which is that, like, we there's no way we'd be doing this if we didn't have all the support of you, listeners. Yeah. So. Thank you so much for tuning into the show, giving us feedback when we uh, fuck up and, and suggesting ways to improve, uh, or, you know, bigging us up when you think we've done a good job for all of your material support, whether it be financial or spreading the word through social media or dropping us reviews or whatever.
0: Or, like, sending us potlucks, which, you know, help like, materially helps us make the show. Like, you you contribute minutes to it it's fabulous. absolutely yeah. Yeah. And um, we, we really love it as well it's really nice to know that people like you know want to contribute and want to take part so yeah that's that's part of the reason that we always push for potlucks is that it's like we like you guys we want you to be part of the show you know
3: yeah and as i think this episode itself totally. has demonstrated you know some of the funniest most entertaining most informative and most kind of like clear-eyed yeah, sections have came from listeners um yep. and uh, and guests as well um so which you know this really like you know we put a lot of work into this show but it's a community effort as well and i think that's something that noon and yep. i both really love about this show um cool so that's probably gonna do us for this week noon is there anything else you wanted to to say on the airwaves before we sign off for to do 100 more episodes of Ozpol Snack. Yeah,
0: fun. I don't know. I guess like when we first started, I think we were like, "Let's, let's why don't we do like eight and see how we go?" And then we never really checked in about it. Um,
3: and now yeah, here we just are, we're having so. too much of a good time. Yeah, and um, now we're producing four times as much audio per week as we were when we started. That's true. Which is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again. We, Noon and I talk all the time about trying to make the show shorter, and I know that some people like the longer episodes, but like but we oh. do not
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> we never intend to do it anyway it's It's almost a hundred percent my fault um but anyway, we're rambling now. Thank you so much for supporting the show and tuning in, and we'll catch you next week for a regular episode of Oz snack Snackpod. In the meantime, keep on snacking in the free world.
0: And, you know, while we're here on the classics, I'm just going to say, fuck uh, Landlord Cop, Crunch Crunch.
3: Couldn't agree more.